Serpents and spiders, tail of a rat. Call in the spirits wherever they're at. <sighs> Rap on a table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Summons me. It is I, Drakmorta Boulay, joined by Swanthula Boulay, and a bunch of other random people. Great. Now that I have your attention. Yes, oh great one, what do you want us to do? I want to talk to you guys about a great new opportunity. <laughs> it's a nine share in the Florida Keys. <laughs> now if you buy one week... <laughs> You get yes. it for $1,500. <laughs> now, in the beginning of time, when hotels were started, they were $20 a month. Right? Now, hotel costs as much as $2,250 a day. That means, justifiably, in the future, hotels could be $15 million an hour. <laughs> so this timeshare is like money in your hand. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's a period scheme. You make money. Period. Welcome to Hello Uglies, the Dracula recap show for Season 3, Episode 3, titled Monsters of Rock. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one non-binary MAGA-Trump supporter with a penchant for gays and Mexicans. From the Bloody Podcast Network, please say, hello, uglies, to Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori Roggenkamp. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know what happened, Lori. The microphone... Now prevents you from doing the shut up. I don't know. I what was trying s- to. I was trying to say it a little lower. You know what I think you should do? Let's try this. Let's try this. Step up. Like move your head back from the microphone and try it. Shut up. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I think I would have to whisper it from now but on. But why was it working before? Uh, I. You know what? This mic is is giving me problems. I might have to end up buying a new one. Before the end of this show is over with, because <laughs> before the what you're saying before the show's even over, yeah. you're gonna have to buy a new microphone. I literally was on Amazon looking up new microphones before the show started. Yeah. Oh, were you really? Oh, I've been getting this thing where it's happened like it's been happening increasingly more and more. Where a sound cuts out, right? Yeah, sure. B I it I'll do it'll do this thing where all all of a sudden I just can't hear anybody, and then I have to like unplug it, plug it back in. Oh really? Yeah. Do this whole thing. New microphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I made an announcement today. Well, first of all, I do want to plug Patreon. We don't ever plug. We don't ever plug Patreon here on this show. Can I I for a second rag on you when you're finished with that? Can I? Can I just rag on you for a little bit? Yeah, after after you're done. Okay, say what you're going to say, and then I'm going to. I want to play Patreon because uh, everyone should know when when you join us on Patreon at the three dollar level over at uh, Patreon.com/slash Drag Race Recap, you get one. Like for instance, Lori and I are going to record a bit, a sketch 
for the beginning of the show. Every episode of our show has a sketch at the beginning, but if you hear it on the normal iTunes free feed, you don't get that sketch. Also, you get the show without commercials on Patreon, okay? Anyway, one of the things that the Patreon, and I'm announcing this here now too, is Lori and I are going to go see the Dragula show, the Dragula tour with the hosted by the Boulay brothers at the House of Blues Anaheim. We're going to go see that October 22nd, and we're going to do a little pre-show meetup. If you want to meet Joe, Lori, if you're a Patreon supporter and you want to meet members of the pit crew, they're going to be there too. Alex and Philip are going to be there. We're all going to be there. We're going to hang out. We're going to have drinks. We're going to hang out with you. October 22nd, House of Blues, Anaheim. You don't have to go to the show to meet us. We'll announce where we're going to be. Yeah. But uh, So if you just live in the area but you don't want to go to the show, you can still meet us. Uh, we'll, so, so if you want to meet me and Lori, details to come. All right, Lori, go ahead. Throw some shade my way. Okay. So yeah. here's the thing about you that drives me insane. Sure. Is I, that, you know what? Before you say anything, okay. I want to know if it's the same thing that my boyfriend just – I wouldn't say yelled at me, scolded me for, but go ahead. You tell, tell me what it is, and then I'll let you know. Okay. Well, this is a Patreon thing, so everyone's going to – it doesn't matter anymore. I announced today that uh, – now, Lori, be careful because what we're doing is very secret. And I know you know what it is, okay? So uh-huh. even Okay. Oh, I can't say it? No, 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 no. You can't okay. say what it is. Okay, yeah. Don't say what it is. So we are ha- – we, I made a, a, a tier, an expensive tier, $20 uh, a month for this exclusive content. It's this very, very, very special content. And I limit to, to to make a selling point. I limited it to fifteen people could sign up for this tier. Okay, uh-huh. and this thing sold out in like under twenty minutes, right? Uh huh. And so my boyfriend Aiden, when I was telling him, I, I felt badly. I I literally thought, Lori, I'm, I'm like, who would ever pay twenty dollars to hear me say anything about anything, right? Uh huh. So I was saying I felt bad that it, I thought it was, I thought we weren't even gonna get the fifteen, and he was like. Well, just let more people in. And I was like, I can't. Because I said this would be 15 people. And he was like, but it's more money. And I go, but I can't do it. Is this what you have to say? Is this what you're talking about? Uh, it's partly it. But I knew for a fact that once you said 15 people, here's what I here. I want to give you the rundown of how I dealt with the email. Because I was at school mm-hmm. and right. I saw the email. Yeah. And I read it, and I said, "This motherfucker." Wait, why? And and, and then all the kids stared at me because I say my <laughs> thoughts out loud. Uh huh. And I just said, "Oh, sorry, I just got an email from an idiot." Uh, and they were like, "That's fine, we get that all the time." Uh, because the thing that annoys me, yeah, uh-huh. is the exact same thing that happened with those freaking you know stickers and whatever yeah which Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong yeah we learned that like maybe the audience isn't big enough to be sticker prized but we sold most of the stuff that we have we sold it but it was you said like you said it wasn't like you were you know you were raking in money hand over fist no you know you had to spend the money on the stickers and all that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so it was it was like you said it was a little bit more uh, work for for the benefit so Mm -hmm. i get that but you were like, nobody's going to buy a sticker. <laughs> Lo and behold, people wanted the goddamn stickers, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you, you, the person who does uh, Mixler 
live show twice a day <laughs> for you know 365 days a year yeah and has like anywhere usually about 20 to 40 people signing into this mixler thing uh-huh. you go i'm only gonna give it to 15 people yeah because there's no way that 15 people would want to want to want to sign up for it yeah and then you send a second email yeah shocked that anybody would would pay the twenty dollars. I wanted to literally smack you. Uh huh. People are gonna buy your shit, you stupid idiot. Like I I don't know how else I don't know what else I can say. I feel like you're you're at times a good promoter and then the best promoter, or at, you're the you're a great promoter and then the worst promoter of yourself. Uh-huh. Because you do things that I think are smart, but then you also send it up with like, well, I don't think anybody's going to actually do this. I mean, even with this whole thing about meeting us, you're like, I don't know if anybody's going to want to meet us. If they, like, It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, it's like, it, it's almost like you, it's almost like, at sometimes I feel like you are being held at gunpoint to uh-huh. produce a, 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 uh, podcast <laughs> and are forced to consistently uh, create new ways to do things and are shocked when it succeeds. Like you just, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just so frustrated. Okay. So yeah, well, that's look, why look. I was saying, cause I knew, I knew for a fact, as soon as I read that, I go, a, it's going to sell out in five seconds. B people are going to be upset. C you're not going to add more people because you're like, I already promised 15 people. <laughs> I already said 15 people. So, <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, you know, you know, you and Aiden can talk about this later because he's going to join in. He's going to be he, Aiden's going to be uh, the boyfriend. Aiden's going to be part of the opening sketch today. He's agreed to do it. Kind of. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, you guys, yeah, I got like it was. He wasn't mad at me. He was just really puzzled. He was like, I just don't understand. Like, just add more people. No, I mean it's it's a common sense thing that I feel like most people would be like, "Hey, let's just do that." More people want to be added, so let's just add more people. Wait, hold on for a second. But let's say I said, you know, the selling point of why you're paying twenty dollars a month is the exclusivity. You're going to be one of fifteen people who get this content. No, I I think you can add at least. 15 more well it's so funny that you say that laurie it's so funny that you say that laurie i i said i'm gonna bring it before the people in the group we did a poll and overwhelmingly they agreed that that we're gonna add 15 more people details will come and i will now now that i know people want this i will pre-announce it and say at this moment this tier will open up and this day at this time be there to sign up for this tier yeah Cause like they do that all the time. Like comedians are always like, there's only, you know, seats are, there's only five seats left and then all the seats get sold out and then magically there's more seats, you yeah. know? I don't know. I was just so frustrated. Cause I was like, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And then you called me later and you're like, I was so sh- I honestly thought we were going to be waiting for people. <laughs> I, know, to I literally up. was like, you know what? There'll be enough slots that maybe people might want to join later. They want to see if everyone likes it. Like I really, I genuinely thought like 10 will sign up and there'll be five slots for people who, who are on the fence. Like Lori, that I suffer from imposter syndrome. Don't you know this? Yes. But that's, what's frustrating is you always get mad at me 
whenever I say like, oh, the two people that are listening are like, there's more people listening. You should do that to yourself. <laughs> and then you go ahead and you do the same goddamn thing and you own the fucking company. Lori Rogers. People love you, Joe, you asshole. People love you. This week, the Boulay brothers throw an intimate blood ritual, bring back the Monsters of Rock challenge, and don't know the reason why a contestant stormed off the stage. Dahlia Black comes for Maxi Glamour and then cries when Madeline Hatter comes for her. Hollow Eve makes everyone feel super conflicted about her, and Yaska is just happy to be there for the drama. In the performance challenge, a slag brings down the coven, and Eva Destruction is named the winner of the challenge, while Madeline Hatter, Hollow Eve, and Yaska are forced to go head-to-head in the extermination challenge. It's also a legacy extermination challenge, and the contestants are forced to get humiliating tattoos chosen by a competitor. In the end, for no apparent reason, Yavska had a guitar neck jammed into her skull, killing her, leaving all the other competitors behind. Lori, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Uh, I really liked this episode, yeah. for the most part. I will mm-hmm. say, I liked uh, I liked the, the um, Boulay Brothers outfit mm-hmm. for the floor show. I thought, sure. uh, uh, I thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I love that they had uh, um, Henry Rollins, who is like just one of my all-time favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, is he really? As a yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched his like? Uh, I don't know if it's a TED talk, but he has some kind of like motivational thing on mm-hmm. YouTube. No, I'm it's seen pretty it. great. Um, and uh, yeah, so I like that. The one thing I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have, I think I'm going to have to, uh, after this episode, yeah. just let go of my dislike of the fact that they constantly show an empty boardroom. They constantly, or empty, empty, uh, um, boudoir. Boudoir. They're constantly doing that cut back between the, uh, the, you know, the, the, um, on the runway, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I guess. <sighs> I think what I didn't like was I didn't like how, uh, confu- in my opinion, I felt there wasn't a lot of um, direction for the challenge, mm-hmm. for the Rockstar Challenge. Like, they told, they said who was the lead singer, yeah, but they didn't say that that lead singer was going to be the the leader. Mm-hmm. They just said they were the lead singer. Like, last last season... The lead singer wasn't necessarily the no. leader of the group. You're right. You're right. Uh huh. So I felt like there was a weird kind of thing where it was like everybody else, they they just assumed that the lead singer was going to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like there was a weird like tug of like power tug mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, is a recent porn that I watched, the power <laughs> tug. Uh which is um, so funny because I imagine you watching porn with the same sort of disaffected look that you do when you watch the NFL videos. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you just eating like Chipotle, you know, shoveling it into your face and then watching uh, porn. And like not even being turned on. Just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. just, just, yeah. Does yeah. porn turn you on, by the way? Yeah. What, it has to be specific. Like, what kind of porn turns you on? Like, you get like wet. Like you like like you get yeah. you feel. Oh what? wait, what really? Yeah, I watch women watch porn. No, I babe. know they do. I know, but I I didn't know that it it like literally made them wet. 
No, yeah, there's like a lot of stuff that like I I can get dark with it. It depends on how bored I am, to be honest with you. If mm-hmm. I'm super bored, I need like real like BDSM kind of torture stuff. But if wait, I'm just wait, wait, like wait 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 <laughs> wait 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 what this is shocking to me. I didn't really. Were, I didn't know you were into like BD like in in a more pat as the sub or as the dom. Uh, it depends. Sometimes oh, really? the sub, sometimes. But I mean, I'm not like I don't do that in. Well, I do sort of do it. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? I do sort of do it. Although it's funny because Star. So I have this thing where I Star I like is to be your told, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Star is my girlfriend. I like mm-hmm. to be told that I I can't leave. So I like to be told that like I'm like like it, she like it, she's on top of me and she's like you're not leaving, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But then I'm so like it's like I'm so excited that it's actually happening that I start laughing hysterically. So mm-hmm. it really ruins the moment. So wait, 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 and you get turned on when someone says you can't leave? Yeah. And she's on top of me. And she's on top of you? Well, this is super fascinating. Hold on, hold on. So Star is on top of you. Is she doing anything? She just has to be on top of you. Uh, I mean, she would just literally have to be on top of me, but she could be doing stuff now. And she says, "You can now. Do you try to leave, or do you just do you just accept? It just you get turned on being told you can't leave, or I does, get she to, does she have yeah, to try and restrain you? Oh, just being told, and you're like, yes, that is everything. Yeah. Wow, that is fascinating. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So, but then there's also like, but that's just, that's actual like sex, the porn stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I could go like, depending on what, on Are there how, again, where de- people, they, they tell people they can't leave. Uh, mostly it's just like chained up a lot of times, or mm-hmm. it could be like, um, uh, and you know, like humiliation porn, kind of stuff. Lesbian porn, straight porn. I'm not a fan porn. of lesbian porn, actually. Oh, what, what I feel watch? like lesbian porn is very fake. It feels like oh, two really? straight women doing what they think men want to see women do yeah. to each other. Where they're just like, like, like do that thing where they go with their tongues to each other. Yeah, and they then, just like, like mash their mouths together. Yeah, and they rub their titties, each other's titties. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then like as soon as like one of them touches the other person, they go, oh my God. Yeah. Ah! It's like, okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're fisting your girlfriend in a hotel <laughs> in Century City or something. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Downtown LA. Oh, that where it was? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, uh, what else? I mean, I think also I like gay porn too, mm-hmm, like gay sure. men. Cause mm-hmm. like I, I used to have a friend who would send me porn. Yeah. That was crazy. One mm-hmm. of them was like, I had it on my phone for a while mm-hmm. and it was a, a Asian man. Um, like, and it was like one of those where I was like, oh, he's asleep, but he happens to be naked on all fours sure. with his butt sticking out. Right. Uh-huh. You know how you sleep. Yeah. And, uh, this black guy comes in his roommate and just starts having sex with him. But like, he was like, apparently the first time that he's had sex with him. So it's like, he wasn't used to that size. Mm -hmm. So it was like really painful. And I was like, this is hot. Really? Yeah. Lori, this is shocking to me. This is shocking to me. What about transgender porn? Like, you know, what, how do you feel about that? uh it's it's on more you know what's funny is i actually haven't gone a lot of times i'll end up reading stories more than Mm. i end up watching porn oh really yeah because i feel like stories are a lot more interesting 
-hmm. but I have gone on and seen that there was uh, transsexual porn Mm -hmm. and uh, I just haven't like, it's just, I haven't had time to look at it sort of thing. Yeah. So, so, okay. Here's what I liked about the episode. I, uh, (laughs) I really liked the, of course I love drama. No. So there was so much drama in this episode. So of course I loved it. I was, I really was. There's a shot when when Dahlia and um, I believe it's Dahlia and Maxi. No, no, is it Dahlia and Maxi are going? No, Dahlia and Hollow Eve are going back and forth. Yeah. Oh, about because yeah, D- we'll, we'll Hollow Eve calls out Dahlia. Yeah, she does, and we'll get to it. But they do a shot where they show Yavska looking back and forth with a huge smile on his face. Like, just huge smile on his face. That was me. I love scene drama. I love scene fighting and pettiness and cattiness. And I was there for it. So this episode was great to me. I loved it. Okay? Yeah. Another thing I liked about the episode. You know, I really liked the Monsters of Rock challenge from last season. So I'm glad they brought it back. Uh, but the one thing I didn't like, I don't like how they executed it. And I know you and I spoke about this. I don't know why we needed to see the performance challenge split up in one song intercut between it. It made it very difficult to tell. You know, the lead singer parts were easy to identify who was on what team, you know, because they had such striking looks and they're the lead singer. But I couldn't tell you who was the guitar player, who was the drummer, who was the, you know, like that was very difficult uh, in between the teams. I don't know whose team and the looks weren't different enough. See, that was the thing from last year is the two looks were strikingly different. Yeah, you know? I mean, you had Abhora with her, like, long leg thing, and yeah. she, you had, you know, and and it was like, honest, but also I think it brought up a lot of issues that we had last year. Yeah. I think a lot, it's like, it's almost like, like this episode I felt like overall was good, mm-hmm. but you take each component out of it, and you analyze it, and you're like, they're still dealing with the same issues that they were, a lot of the same issues they did last year. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they need to play instruments? They're not they're not playing the instruments. Like they they're just pretending it's so it's so static. It's yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, know. it's just it was so dumb. And yeah, I just we we're we'll get into we're it. We're going to really whole... get into it. But yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's talk about the cold open. We open on an intimate dinner party when a knock on the door happens and the Boulet brothers walk out in matching ravishing gowns. They answer to the door. They answer the door to Margaret, John, and their son Sean. The Boulets talk about the new safe house they have and how they should only be there for a week before they send the boy off downstairs to play with the other boys and girls. As soon as Sean's gone, Drakmorda slaps John around and tells him they're making a new monster and they need everyone to be at the top of their power including john as everyone mingles the boulets ring a bell and everyone raises their glasses in a toast to the boulets then a ritual of some kind takes place as the hooded guests summon the spirits laurie your thoughts on this cold open uh i was telling you uh that this earlier but it i thought it was extremely boring Mm -hmm. and i also didn't understand like what the reason for it was mm-hmm. like I was telling you it, the the my my the way that I described it was it would be like if you showed a scene of a serial killer looking for his next victim, but it's yeah. just him driving in the car, paying attention to the rules of the road, mm-hmm. you know, turning on his blinker, turning mm-hmm. left, 
turning right, waiting for a pedestrian to cross the street. Yeah. And then finally sees his victim and goes, drives up next to the victim. And then that the scene ends and it's like, Oh great. He just got to see all the boring parts. Well, what's of funny this is, thing. is I think maybe what they were going for, they kind of spoiled. So, so, so either one of two things, Either, and you pointed this out in a private phone conversation, either this is an homage to a horror film that already exists, and we're just yeah. not able to place it, and that could totally be the case, and I'm sure we'll get... Uh, by the way, everyone should know, I never, I, for, I always forget to mention this, you can leave us voicemail messages on our anchor page. If you go to helloUglies.com, right there on the page, there's an option to leave us a voicemail message. You can leave a voice voicemail message for me and Lori. Maybe we'll play it on the show. For some reason, in my head, it's always going to be like hateful messages to us, but whatever. All right. Oh, my God. Don't. No. 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 Anyway, uh, but I, be but, positive. Okay, Joe. okay. Here's what I do. If you know what this is an homage to, go to helloUglies.com, tap on that voicemail message thing, and leave us a voicemail about what this is an homage to. Anyway, let's put now. Yeah. If, let let's think. Let's say it's not an homage. The joke of the scene is that this seemingly boring dinner party is like a satanic ritual okay yeah which we only see like 10 seconds which we only see 10 seconds of but they kind of spoil that in their dialogue because they tell john that he better bring the monster they're gonna bring a monster and they have something about a safe house like if they would have played it just like a boring dinner party the joke would have been like oh this is not a boring dinner party this is a satanic ritual which i still think you and i would have or anybody would have seen coming from a mile away because it's the boulet brothers yeah yeah, exactly. Well, I, I mean, I let's let's unpack it from the beginning. Sure. If you, so, the beginning starts with uh, just a very um, under, like a very thrown together dinner party. Yeah. No snacks. No snacks. Lots of candles. Yeah. Like, I, if I had gone to this dinner party, I would have been like, could somebody maybe like spared some of the candles and put out a cheese plate, like. <laughs> Like maybe like there were there were uh, not joking four uh, tables and I'm c- including the little awning thing right under the TV yeah. of candles uh-huh. and it's like you could have at least you could have done a a, a cheese and, and meat plate in mm-hmm. on one of those tables mm-hmm. and not had candles and people were people were doing that thing which is where they were like talking. They were like not. They were trying to seem like they were talking, but mm-hmm. they were not talking. Yeah. You know, and they were all drinking like some kind of red liquid, which looked like the period blood from that um, uh, scary movie that the uh, Midsommar mm-hmm. that uh, that one guy drinks. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you knew that something like devilish was happening, but it was so boring. And then there's a knock on the door, but you don't, you know that something's happening because the sh- 10 seconds before they shoot it, all the actors turn to look at the door. Like, yeah. It's- and so before the knock even happens, everybody turns to look. I don't know if it's because they have special powers and they could tell, which if they could tell, then why is every, why are they even knocking? Why but not no, just no. Do you think maybe they're scared as whoever they're, if they're at a safe house, do you think perhaps they're, they're scared because someone, where did you, remember that part about the safe house they oh i'll I'll find it right now yeah 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 when when john and um the other whatever the woman's name come to the door the the boulets say we have this safe house for like a week yeah hold on i I have the part right here hold on so here it's coming coming up right now so i let it load 
Okay, you're gonna hear it. And now it's recording. John. Darlings, welcome to the new safe house. It's small, but secure. And besides, we should only be here for a week or two. See, there you go. And can I say, also, just so it doesn't seem like I'm being... Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I get too in the weeds criticizing this show. Mm -hmm. The Boulay brothers look phenomenal. Oh my god, they look amazing, yeah. Like, I would say they look probably from, from head head to toe every every outfit except for the one where they do that video because i think they were the same outfit every i think they episode. just filmed them all yeah in one day yeah yeah but they look amazing i think this is probably the best they've looked mm-hmm. these are my favorite outfits oh really yeah of the whole run of the show or just this of season? the whole run of the show oh yeah really i love this dress i uh-huh. don't know why i don't know what it is in the hair and everything i think it uh-huh. looks amazing very 1970s yeah, and with the lighting, mm-hmm. phenomenal. So anyway, so they so when they come out, it's a huge deal. But they kind of just like rush past camera. I wish they would have done the scene where they show them in the kitchen, like holding hands, like twins. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have done that in the beginning because I felt like that was such a breathtaking moment. Yeah, that I would have liked to seen. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, so there's a knock on the door. They come out and, and, and come out from the kitchen, mm-hmm. which I don't know why they were in the kitchen. There's no snacks, so there's no reason why they should have been in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But they come out from the kitchen and they open the door, and there's uh, two like, you know, like a, a gaunt six year old man, mm-hmm. a middle aged forty year old man, and their thirty two year old son, <laughs> who's waiting for, waiting with them, uh-huh. who's acting like uh acting like he's like is a teen but i mean i feel like i saw you know like he he had a he's either he he either went bald or he shaved his head because he knew he was going bald that's Uh the kind of thing and then they go and then she then the uh drag morta shoves john which i felt like was such a weird moment because it was like we don't know these characters yeah we don't know what the the backstory is. We don't mm-hmm. know what, it, and so then they go like, "Get your shit together." We're trying to bring in the, a new monster. So you're like, "Okay, all right." So they're gonna bring a new monster in. We're gonna see that happen. No, we see them each. We see John and the and his wife go to each member of the dinner party <laughs> and kiss them. Yeah, and, and say hi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they drink and talk, and then finally the Boulay brothers come out of the mm-hmm. kitchen again. No yeah. snacks, so why are they in the kitchen? Yeah. Uh, and they raise a little uh, bell to chime it. Is that part of the ritual? That's what I want to know, because it's like if they were ringing the bell to summon people, they're all there in front of them, so they yeah. didn't need to ring a bell. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's about. So then they turn up the... Uh, they turn up the volume of the um the the radio or the the CD player and I'm like, "Oh, they're going to murder somebody." No, they just all dress they're now in uh, in a circle. Attention podcaster. What is the commercials are about to begin? Oh, the commercials oh. are about to begin. Oh god. I repeat, okay. The commercials are about to begin. The commercials are about right. to I'm not begin. even ready. Seriously, no. Shut up. The no, I can't do this. No, I'm not ready. I have to finish. All right, Lori, we're back. Go ahead. What were you saying? Is that the is that the surprise? That was a surprise, yeah. 
<laughs> I like that. I really like that. Uh, but I even made it so that I, I, I just I made a, a, a certain length of track, and I just, when we started the show, I started the track. So even I was surprised when that happened. I was like, "Whoa, what has happened there?" You should do it next time. You should do it where like. 30 minutes into the episode, you say, attention, we are reaching the end of the episode. And then we just go on for another 40 yeah. minutes. Because, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Um, no, so then they just are around a circle and they cut their hand and they pour it over a skull. Uh-huh. And that's it. And that's all we see. And I just felt like it, again, I felt like I wanted to see what happened after that. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like that was the scene that I would have liked to see. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm very curious to see what the next episode is, because either, like I said, there, there must be a part two, because they the part where we get dropped into an already existing storyline, that doesn't bother me as much. You know, I like that actually like, oh, you're just being let in on this one little moment from a storyline that has a, you know, that has a backstory and a sto- stuff that happens after. But I do want to see what I hope that this continues, because otherwise... Yeah, you're right. It would be disappointing. So, in other words, I, unlike you, I'm cautiously optimistic, and I hope that there's a, con- a continuing storyline that the season plays out. Otherwise, okay. if it's not, if it's not, then I'll be very disappointed. Now, I, I will-, will say the ending part where they had the snake mm-hmm. and they, cu- I thought that was cool. I wish they would have, but like I said, I wish they would have done. Also, I like being. I I don't mind having a you know a scene start in the middle. It's just that things need to move along. You know, you don't want to. I don't want to have a scene start in the middle where I'm asking questions and then mm-hmm. just have it be people sitting around a room drinking and, and talking to each other. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, agree. I I agree. I thought the atmosphere was great, though. The acting was terrible. You did you, did oh, you yeah. recognize the? There's like a chubby white lady that was there. She was remember she was one of the judges in season one, I think, in one of the Western town. Uh, either it was season one or two when they go to like, the Western town. She was one of the, oh. the judges. Uh, she's like a party person in LA that they know her. She used to host the parties with them. I know I recognized her from uh, the previous episode. Yeah, but, uh, I mean it. It looked good. I thought mm-hmm. it looked good. The acting was wasn't great, but you know it's just they got their friends. They obviously they got their friends. They had you know a party and it looked it looked creepy. The Boulay brothers looked great. Mm-hmm. I would say that again. It was just like. I wanted to see. I wish they would have dug deeper. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, okay. Let's talk about uh, after the extermination. Everyone wonders who was exterminated. And Dahlia doesn't agree that Landon should have won the last challenge. When Yasuka walks in the room, the contestants realize that St. Lucia went home. They ask Yasuka for all of the details, and he fills them in on the extermination challenge. Later, Priscilla and Dahlia come for Maxi Glamour because they don't think her previous outfit matched the challenge. Hollow Eve stands up for Maxi Glamour, and Priscilla says she wishes St. Lucia had stayed rather than Maxi Glamour. Priscilla also says that Maxi Glamour did not perform burlesque, but instead did a strip show. Lori, your thoughts on this whole, we just come in from the next day. Yeah, again, uh, there was like a solid 20 seconds of just blank boudoir, which I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I I promise after this episode, I'll stop mentioning it. Um, I think that uh, Priscilla, in my opinion, I felt like was being annoying in this scene because he was attracted to St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. And 
she made it clear very early on, like, oh, I wanted her to stay because she was hot. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I felt like her anger towards uh, Maxi Glamour was weird because it was like, why isn't that anger towards Yafska? You know, Yafska was in the the uh the extermination oh with i her. see what you're saying yeah 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 uh-huh. so i felt like i feel like people are coming for uh maxi glamour in a weird way and i think it's just because maxi glamour has this attitude that like she doesn't want to conform to what you know beauty standards are mm-hmm. which is funny because they have Land Insider and Hollow Eve who are exactly like that. Yeah. But I think because Maxi Glamour is also a gay man or or I guess Maxi Glamour said that he they were non-binary, right? So mm-hmm. I think because Maxi Glamour presents as a, a gay man, mm-hmm. I think they feel more comfortable going after Maxi Glamour than they do Hollow Eve and Land Insider. So I feel like Maxi Glamour gets a, a, the brunt of their... Mm-hmm their animosity in my opinion so that's why i think priscilla went after maxi glamour because you know yaska is yaska it's hard to go after her so i think you're like okay you know who's who's the who's the most who's the easiest target yeah and that's maxi glamour and i i don't know i felt like maxi glamour handed herself handled their themselves very well i felt they were like look they picked me it's not your opinion it's my opinion you know or it's not your opinion it's their opinion do you get a hint of racism from it uh and i know one might say well no because she was attracted to saint lucia but there's a dip but did she was she attracted as a person or did she fetishize saint lucia does that make sense seeing someone as a fetish doesn't mean that you see them as an equal no, I think I think Priscilla genuinely finds Saint Lucia attractive because it was it was reciprocated. They you know they follow, I think we found out in the first episode they follow each other on Instagram. So there's been like a a reciprocated attraction mm-hmm. sort of thing. But sexual I don't know. attraction doesn't mean that you see them as equals. Like why think... were, why were they coming for Maxi Glamour? I don't really get that. But that's what I said. I don't necessarily view maybe, you know, maybe it was, but I don't view it as that. Mainly because I think that again, I feel like Maxi Glamour is mm. out of all so take away Hollow Eve and Land Insider sure. and Yavska, okay. right? Who's the next weirdest drag queen there? Maxi Glamour. Mm-hmm. Now, Maxi Glamour is essentially looks and acts like the the gay man gay male group but is actually more on the side of hollow eve yaska and land insider right mm-hmm. but they don't feel like they can go after yaska hollow eve land insider without being seen as you know being biased or whatever so the person that they're able to pick on mm-hmm. i feel like is maxi glamour and that's literally like every episode they have a problem with something she does. Now, again, is it warranted? Not to the level that I feel like they're doing it, mm-hmm. but Maxi Glamour, I feel like, does have this attitude of like, look, you know, it, it's a competition. Like they said, it's a competition. You either mold yourself to that competition to win, or you just present yourself and then you, you know, you see where the chips lay, mm-hmm. lie sort of thing. And I feel like Maxi Glamour is just like, I'm just going to present myself and see where the chips lie. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's why. And also, especially because it's a group thing. Mm-hmm. And, and 
uh, on top of that, on top of everything else, I honestly feel like they needed some kind of drama because Priscilla and Maxi Glamour were going to be in the same group. So I kind of felt like they were like to- egging Pris- Priscilla on to kind of go after, you know, Maxi Glamour to be like, oh, hey, you know, I felt like you should have gone home. Sort of. Well, thing. that could have been the case. But, you know, what's so funny is um, it is that the Boulain brothers make it a very, very they, they've said this every episode. Drek Morta says right before they start the final judgment that uh, drag is art and art is subjective and we're not criticizing your drag, we're just criticizing it in the context of this competition, right? And that's not the discussion I want to have whether that's true, that they're, what they're doing or not. But the, the Boulay brothers obviously feel that they want to make it clear that they're not making a statement on someone's drag as much as they are in the, in the competition. Yeah. But I think it's funny that a lot of these fights have to do with the other queens among themselves judging or putting down another queen's drag. This is Priscilla and Maxi. No, I'm sorry. It was Priscilla and Dahlia coming for Maxi uh, Glamour's drag, like going for her actual aesthetic, going for her drag. But and, that's every competition, though. Every, any kind of competition show mm-hmm. that, that they do that. They put them down because they're trying, basically trying to get in that person's head and be like, look, you, you are not as good as the rest of us. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be here. Yeah. Uh, well, it just seems, and that's what's so funny is in, in, in such a, you know, Dra- Dracula goes out of its way to be so inclusive with uh, uh, an AFAB person, a non, you know, not a bunch of them are non-binary, a drag king. And what I think that's a big problem facing the gay community is it's its own self-hating gatekeeping that the, the people in this show which is a show about I, if you think about it dragula is a response to rupaul's drag race it's a response in that there's other kinds of drag besides glamour drag you know uh yeah. pageant drag there's other kinds of drag this is for this show is for the outsiders for the freaks for the ones who don't fit in in the mold and even in that all of a sudden gatekeeping is going on. It's, it's extremely fascinating. I think it's a problem in the gay community or any sort of micro uh, subculture. All right, let's move on to the next topic here. Um, uh, the, the, so they're summoned to the main stage and the Boulets announced that they're bringing back a challenge from last season, Monsters of Rock, and they've already split up the bands, which is so funny because they pre-taped those, interview seg- those, uh, those introduction segments, and then when they're reading the names off, they don't show them mo- lo- on the video because the names obviously came later. <laughs> so uh, there's two teams. Now they choose the names later, but I'll just tell you the team names now. Uh, there's Slag is one of the bands. Eva Destruction is both the lead singer and the leader of the band. And she also has in her band uh, Maxi Glamour, Dahlia Black, and Priscilla Chambers. And then there's another band that's decided their name is Coven. The lead singer and leader of the group is Madeline Hatter. Followed by Landon Cider, Yavska, Hollow Eve, and Louisiana Purchase. Now, before we move on, Lori, did you have anything to say about the challenge or the way that the bands are made up or the names of the bands or anything? Because we're going to get into that boudoir scene and we're going to be there for a while. I can tell you that. So, anything about uh, the challenge itself? Are you talking about like rehearsal or no, what? No. Or just them going and getting yeah. the the challenge? Yeah. Um. I again I I feel like they this is a nitpicky thing but sure. I feel like they could save a lot of time if they just what I like why don't they just have the Boule brothers or Israel come out and uh-huh. give them the chance like why do they have why do we have to see them leave the the boudoir walk onto the stage get in assembly then they play the vid you know it's just like such a time waster mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. um 
I will tell you that as soon as I heard that they were doing that, the challenge, and I felt like Eva also felt this. I was like, oh, Eva's going to kill this. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is going to be great. I was worried, however, about the group. Like, I was like, here's the thing. I feel like Madeline Hatter's group, if they come together, they could do a really good job and they could win. Mm-hmm. Eva Destruction's group, I was like, Eva Destruction is going to do great. But the rest of her team might fall to pieces yeah. and they might lose. So mm-hmm. that was my thing. And then, of course, you know, the opposite happens. Well, don't you think, don't you think if Coven would have gotten their shit together, they would have won? I mean, Slag just sort of did a, well, we were talking about, we're, 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 let's talk about that later. <laughs> we jumped ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So the challenge, were you happy to see the Monsters of Rock challenge come back? I was actually, although I, you know, the sem- the semantics of it, we can nitpick, but I do like, and I like that song. Mm-hmm. So I do like that they do that. And I do like that they show them performing. Cause I felt like it's like actually a challenge. It's not just them walking mm-hmm. the runway, you know? Um, so that, so I like that part of it. Yeah. Um, and I also, I feel like anytime you get them in a group, it, it provides drama. So I felt like that's why this episode was better because it wasn't just them working on themselves. They had to interact with other, other yeah. drag queens mm-hmm. and rely on them to yeah. move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's go to the boudoir. Uh, Dahlia Black is upset that Maxie's on her team. She confronts Maxie for what Dahlia feels is Maxie saying shady shit under her breath. Dahlia tells Maxie Glamour that if they're going to be on the same team together, then Maxie has to say what she says so everyone can hear it. Hollow Eve is particularly incredulous. Next, uh, Slag goes to their rehearsal, and Maxie says she already has a vision that she wants to know. So Maxie now, is said, during the rehearsal, says she already has a vision that she wants to use her blue signature look. Dahlia gets really upset and asks Eva to step in. Maxie insists that she can be feminine and blue. Eva really tries to make it happen, but Maxie doesn't seem willing to budge. They don't ever revisit this, but no. then Maxie's in blue during, during the. Oh, challenge. Maxie is in blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I thought she. she I have pictures. I'll look, but I think I think she's in blue. Oh, maybe I'll, I could be I wrong. have to go through. I sent you the Again. folder. Did you get? Did you see it? uh yes i have to okay. oh shoot i have to pull it up but yeah i i, I mean you could if you asked me to tell you what any of those people were do, wore during i know the rock i know scene, i know i know i wouldn't be able is, to tell you look it's it's gonna be the perennial uh one thing i hate about the show which is the editing of the floor show is a crime it's a sin they put all these work they put all this work into their looks and it's barely seen yeah. When, actually, you know, like I said, I, I I have photos now of the looks. And when you actually see the photos, you're like, oh, wow, there's all this detail that I never picked up when I was watching the show. Oh, you know? yeah. But, you, but yeah. when you see the photos, you're like, oh, look at that. I didn't even notice that. All right. Uh, meanwhile, back in the boudoir, Coven gets their idea together rather quickly. As soon as all that settled, they start to kiki about Dahlia Black. Hollow, Hollow Eve points out how ironic it is that Dahlia comes from Maxie for talking shit, yet has been saying shady shit about Hollow Eve behind Hollow's back. Madeline Hatter chimes in and says that it hurt her to say it, but Dahlia has also talked about her, and that's, and it's her own drag granddaughter. Just at that moment, Slag walks in, and it turns out that Dahlia heard Madeline's comment about her. They sit down, and Hollow Eve goes in for it and fills Dahlia in all about what was said. Dahlia seems tense, but makes her argument that Hollow saved her used tampons in the freezer for a week and a half, and that was her problem. Lori, a lot to unpack here. What were your thoughts on this whole showdown between... 
Uh, right now, at this moment, it's just uh, Dahlia Black and Hollow Eve. I actually like the fact that Hollow Eve... I, here's the thing. I would have preferred Hollow Eve say something in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I could see maybe she is like ruminating and has to process it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's funny that <laughs> that Hollow Eve mm-hmm. is complaining about Dahlia talking about her behind her back. Mm-hmm. Well, so Hollow Eve is calling out Dahlia for for being upset with Maxie for mm-hmm. saying something under her breath mm-hmm. by saying that she knows that Dahlia is talking about her behind her back and she's doing the exact same thing talking about her behind her back, you know? So it's just like, it's like a, a snake eating itself. It's a never ending cycle. And yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I don't know, but, but I think what Hollow was doing is she's pointing out the hypocrisy of it is that, um, is that, uh, uh, Dahlia is coming for Maxi Glamour for for saying shit under her breath, and you know, Madeline Hatter makes a really good point. At least Maxi's actually saying it in front of the cameras. She she is saying it in front of everybody. She's saying it in front of the she is saying it. So yeah. it's kind of a but weird criticism. Also, can you like the one thing I didn't like about that whole Maxi Glamour Dahlia thing was that I felt like what Dal- what Maxi Glamour said was a joke, mm-hmm. right? I felt yeah. like she meant it as a joke, but the in my opinion, Maxi, I feel like Maxi made it go on longer because Dahlia basically was just like, is kind of intimating towards her. Tell me what you said about me, mm-hmm. and Maxi's just like, I just said a thing, and it was no big deal. And it's just like, just tell her. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why Maxi Glamour has to keep it so hush hush. It's n- it wasn't anything bad. Mm-hmm. I think if Maxi had bit, had actually said, Hey, this is what I said, mm-hmm. and you know, I-, I meant it as a joke, and I apologize if you took offense. Mm-hmm. Then I think honestly, I think if after that, if Dahlia still was pissy about it then it would be like okay dolly you gotta get over it mm-hmm. but i think dolly is just kind of like look i don't know what she said about me yeah. she won't say it mm-hmm. so i don't know what she said about me yeah but then don't you think because one of the things you know remember dolly's point is if you have a problem to, about me say it to my face say it to everyone can hear it and then we go to the rehearsal and maxi says like yeah i i want to stay blue and eva doesn't talk directly to maxi she's like eva Eva, I just, I just can't, Eva. I just can't. You got to deal with it. I just can't. And she's standing right there. So this is the person. Dahlia is the person who's like, if you have a problem, say it yeah. to my face. And then seconds later, Dahlia has a problem with Maxie, and she won't say it to Maxie's face. I mean, she is. She's right there. But like, she won't d- speak directly to Maxie Glamour. And yeah. you know what's even funny? Because let's talk about this now, even when it comes later. What What's really, really, I, I've noted was because we're going to talk about a lot of drama with Dahlia between Dahlia and Hollow, between Dahlia and Madeline Hatter, and there's this and there's that, and she's upset, and yada yada. And that when Coven leaves for their rehearsal and Dahlia is upset and she starts to cry, Maxie Glamour is the one that helps comfort her. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, I hope I, I mean, I think that. Maxie Glamour is. is- uh, I think she's a little ditzy, but I think they are a, a you know, well, a pretty she loves good Polka person. and Baklava. Yeah, I, I, what? Okay, so that's what I have the issue with. So I think I feel like Maxie could have just 
cleared that up. But I don't know if necessarily she understood that. Mm-hmm. Now, Dahlia, I feel like, is like, okay, she's bringing up the same. I think it's one of those things where Dahlia's like, I want to also make sure that I have issues with Maxi Glamour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to also make it known that I have issues with Maxi Glamour. Yeah. Uh, uh, then Hollow Eve says, while she's saying that, are you kidding me? Because it's like, she then, so this has been going, this is twice now. So Hollow Eve either didn't know that Dahlia was talking about her the first time that Dahlia brought it up, brought it up to Maxie about talking about her behind her back, mm-hmm. or she knew about it and she just didn't say anything. And then now she's choosing to say something, but she just says that like, "Are you kidding me?" comment. Then she talks about her at the in the group session mm-hmm. behind her back, which mm-hmm. fine you could say that she's just kind of like processing and she's mm-hmm. she did call her out at the end, so you know you could let that that go so she calls her out and you know that happens we'll get to that mm-hmm. but the thing that really frustrated me mm-hmm. which i didn't like at all was that madeline had her felt the need to jump in okay that but wait we're not there yet there's a lot to unpack there because i watch it again for a second time and there's a lot of weird psycho shit that we could uh, break down on that one <clears throat> because yeah, I, 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 let's not go there just yet. That's a whole other can of worms there. That was very, very odd. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So okay. So so one thing I want to say, and well, I want to ask you actually. Let's separate ourselves from the drama because now let's talk about Dahlia and Hollow Eve. Let's separate because so Hollow Eve confronts Dahlia, and Dahlia, you know, says, "Yeah, I did say this stuff." Let's forget the argument whether Dahlia should have said it behind her back. All that. What are your thoughts just on the just on the merits about Hollow Eve having weak frozen in a bag weak old tampons? Now I know Laura, you have a, a penchant for period blood. Mm-hmm. Was that making you hungry when you were aroused when you heard that she was keeping those weak old uh, tampons in a freezer? I think it's fine. You know, I keep I keep old pe- tampons in the in the freezer all the Wait, time. Hold on, is that true? Oh, it's fucking disgusting. Oh. That is gross upon gross upon gross. Who would do that? That is the greatest. I mean, I can't even imagine. I literally would vomit if I saw that. Mm-hmm. I would I would throw it away. Mm-hmm. I would throw them away. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. If I was living somewhere and somebody else put used tampons, I don't care if it was in a you know, in like a, a chest. And I knew there was. I would throw them away. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have tam- use tampons in a freezer. Yeah, that I'm get, yeah. I'm getting, the, I'm getting the sense that uh, Dahlia Black and Hollow Weaver are roommates. I think I do they. So do they live there? I think they're living in a hotel. This, this year, they actually secluded the the girls or the the contestants. Okay, because then that that was like so the first the par- first part of the episode, I was like. Maybe they don't know who's getting picked. No, they have to, because then what but if then it's your I was roommate? Like, yeah, but then I was like, no, they definitely know. If they're living together, they definitely know mm-hmm. that St. Lucia went home. So then it's like, well, then why were they so excited to see Yaska? It uh, makes no sense, Lori. It makes no sense, because they obviously... No, look, they can... they can, they can, Well, maybe they isolate the girls after that, so they don't... Because then they go to their hotel rooms, and there's their... Um, uh, sequestered. So maybe the people who are in the extermination challenge, they get put in other hotel rooms so that the girls don't know. They could easily make it so that the girls don't know. Yeah. 
so that the uh, so that the queen who remained you know goes in a different van to the studio and, and is kept separate from them that's not hard um okay uh yeah so so that is very disgusting do you think she's keeping the period because the point that hollow eve says is that like when I do filth, I do it for real. So maybe at one point she plans on using those used bloody tampons for a part of oh, her yeah. act or something. I guarantee you I will not be watching that episode. I will you be have skipping to. that part. You have to. I, you I will le- skip it. You are legally obligated to watch that I'm not that legally episode. obligated. You are legally this is why obligated. I did not sign a contract. This is why you signed a contract. I, I have it. Not. You signed it in period blood. I did not sign it. Yes, you did. I have it right here. Is it's that signed. why you stuck your fingers up my vagina that, that one is time? exactly why, but I didn't want to tell you that so i just told i was you, worried i was I, like oh i told no going you, straight everyone should i told her i was turning straight for a bit yeah and uh, I, it I was so excited that i turned you yeah but then you, afterwards you said no sorry you're actually you actually made me gayer and then mm-hmm. i was like oh okay this yeah. is actually it's ended terribly mm-hmm. you didn't see me vomiting behind the house after you signed the contract with the blood that was what the vomit yeah. was mm-hmm. i yelled at my aunt for a full hour well i thought she did it yeah well uh, that's what i do <laughs> Uh, okay, so now let's talk about the let's talk about the fight between Hollow Eve and Dahlia Black. There was a part of me that I was just very like, get her, Jade, when Hollow Eve was coming for Dahlia. Is Hollow Eve's name Jade? <laughs> no, that's a RuPaul's Drag Race. Hold on for a second. That's a RuPaul's Drag Race reference. There was a fight in a in the uh, in the back um, in in the untucked one of the untucked episodes. And Jade and Alyssa Edwards were um, fighting, and Coco Montrese, who was Alyssa's uh, enemy at the time, said, Get her, Jade! When Jade was coming for Alyssa Edwards. Okay. So, um, anyway, the point, I was like, get her, Jade, and I was reveling seeing uh, in the fact that you could see Dahlia Black squirming. In her seat as Hollow Weave, Weave came for her and made some... It, which is funny, because that's why I said take it apart from its merits. Yes, it's gross, but then Dahlia no, is now yeah. doing exactly what she just blamed Maxi Glamour for. Which is so funny, because I will give Dahlia this. I'll give Dahlia this. She did manage to deflect the conversation into making it about hollow eve's tampons and away from the fact that she was a total hypocrite about maxi glamour we somehow forgot yeah. about that in the fight and it became about talking behind hollow's back and, and about whether hollow should have those tampons and hollow just owned it you know i think she feels like it's justified because with her it's like you know it's like oh i had a justifiable reason but nobody has a justifiable reason to talk about me behind my back yeah so it's one of those things. So yeah, I I I agree. I felt it, I was torn because I you know you know what I'm not torn. I I agree with Hollow Eve. I mm-hmm. feel like she should have come for her. It here's the thing. I think it's weird that she didn't actually mm-hmm. because in my opinion, I would have been like I I would have gone straight to to somebody who worked in production mm-hmm. and said I will absolutely not stay in a place where somebody has used tampons in my freezer. Lori, I didn't want to tell you that I have used tampons in your freezer. God damn it. I go into the trash. I, I find your tampons. No, wait. Wait. Yeah? We recently had... I thought we had, like, chocolate... Like, uh, ice cream bars. Mm-hmm. Tampon-sized chocolate ice cream bars in the mm-hmm. freezer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. 
Did you suck on them? Yeah. They were delicious. Were they like... They were so nutty. (laughs) Were they like jello pudding pops? Yeah, they just melted in my mouth. Are you... Oh, my God. Gloria, what what are you telling me, Joe? I'm telling you that a period just isn't the end of a sentence. It's the end of your life. (laughs) Oh, Lori, I can't believe you fell for that old canard. Didn't you see me sneaking around in your house, darting to and fro as the shadows followed me into your kitchen as I put those tampons in your freezer? I mean, I just, we've been having issues where giant boulders have been rummaging around in our kitchen. And so I just assumed it was another giant boulder. Hello? I'm just gonna end, just gonna end the bit there because oh, oh, the music's back. Oh, okay. Are you saying I'm as fat as a boulder? I'm just gonna end it there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, while Coven rehearses, Dolly Dahlia reveals that she was really hurt hearing what her drag grandmother Madeline Hatter was saying about her. Eva shares that she doesn't like the way Madeline speaks to Eva, and Dahlia is really upset and starts crying. And the team tries to comfort Dahlia, and Priscilla apologizes to Maxie Glamour. During the rehearsal, the energy is low, and Madeline Hatter and Hollow Eve seem to be clashing. Hollow Eve asks Madeline Hatter to remove the pegs from her cheeks as part of the number. Hollow Eve then talks about how she wished, wished, I'm sorry, that they could have rehearsed more. The next day, Dahlia approaches Madeline Hatter about what Madeline was talking about. Madeline, back in New York, betrayed Dahlia's trust. Dahlia cries, and there's a really bizarre exchange that we're going to break down right now about something we don't know, and Dahlia apologizes. Uh, let's go back to the top here, Lori. Yeah, this was major gaslighting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Ma- the definition of gaslighting. I mean, I, I'm in love with Madeline Hatter, but we got a lot of things to work out if we're going to yeah. start a relationship. So <laughs> I'm just going to. So, so let's, let, let's go back to. So Dahlia reveals that she was really hurt hearing what her drag grandmother Madeline Hatter was saying about her, which once again, though, it, it this is a very complicated thing because. In Dahlia's confessionals, I'm like, you're right, bitch. I'm glad you see this in the confessional, right? But she's doing exactly what she said she wouldn't do, which is talk shit about her family behind their back. Yeah. She's doing in confessional. No, exactly. But also, it's like, how did she know? Like, was she waiting in the wings? Like, they talked for a while. Yeah, I think that those, I don't know. They they knew. And they knew that they knew. So... They, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was very, very strange. Because then that, that makes no sense. Because if Madeline knew Dahlia was behind the wings, hearing her, why would she? I would just say quiet. Yeah. Do you think production put them behind there and then didn't tell the the, the people in the room that they were back there? I got to be honest <clears> with you. <throat> I feel like they saw them walking in and still started talking because they wanted to be. They needed to be drama filled. Mm-hmm. you know they need to have whatever also i i was wondering the whole time what is on dahlia's neck there's some sort of weird blood tattoo or something isn't it is it a tattoo i don't know okay because the rest of her tattoos look kind of faded but then this one was like it looked like something that was like spilt but then it was there the whole time and i was like uh-huh. has it been there has has that always been mm-hmm 
So I don't know. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to no, kind of. No, you're fine. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. First of all, we don't know what it is that. We just know that Madeline, so Madeline Hatter was in the wrong. We know that. That Madeline Hatter in this scenario was in, she even admits, she goes, I betrayed Dahlia's trust, right? Well, she betrayed her. No, something happened in New York in the past. In the some, past. Yeah, some, in that's the past, what I'm saying. When her mother was with child, Madeline Hatter developed an unusual appetite, okay? And for drugs. There's some, I don't know for drugs, but some sort of substance abuse thing. Wait, when her mother, her so, mother was having forget a baby? What, that's, a, no, no. that's a weird super gay reference, Lori. Just skip over that I said that, okay? Okay, okay just good. Skip over that Keep throwing that. these out. I need yeah. to learn. Okay. You know, we stopped doing Laurie's Corner, where I learned gay <laughs> references. I think we should bring I it I think back. we only did one episode of Laurie's Corner. That was a reference to the musical Into the Woods, when the witch is telling the baker um, the story of, of how his father got cursed or whatever. Okay. Anyway, uh-huh. um, so something happened in the past where... Um, Something happened with substance. I think that, but it's something more to do than substance abuse. Do you think that? I don't want to speculate. I don't know what it is, but something happened that Madeline doesn't want talked about on the show, and or talked about at all. And I feel Madeline was wrong. Dahlia was right. It was was the uh, Madeline was the aggressor, and Dahlia was the victim. Yeah, okay, we know that. And th- that's why it was almost really creepy the way Madeline made Dahlia feel and cry and apologize for the thing that Madeline had done. Yeah. No, it was – I honestly, I feel like – and I don't know why I feel like this, but I felt like the way they were acting, just their dynamic, I feel like Madeline made a pass or did something – that's the like sense assaulted that I got Dahlia. Yeah, like she flicked her in the clit or something. Now, yeah. now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> she touched her penis, which, yeah. as Apora can tell, is that's the worst. It's, it's like worse than rape. Yeah. Um. No, I, I don't want to speculate. That is a, uh, that is a total hypothetical. So I don't know what happened, but it just seemed from their dynamic that that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the thing that I thought was interesting was so madeline hatter brings it up to be like to talk about uh dahlia right she brings it up when when they're in the group with halloween when halloween Mm -hmm. brings it up she didn't have to say anything in fact she starts her thing by saying i don't want to talk badly about dahlia Mm -hmm. i love her yeah and then she starts to talk badly about dahlia Uh and so it's almost like she wants that kind of attention. She wants people to feel sorry for her. Because mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, poor you. You you know, it must be tough dealing with her and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, she's 23, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but don't you uh, think it's weird that... So when, when Hollow Eve was saying, I heard Dahlia was saying all these things about me. Landon chimed in. All these other people said, yeah, she has been saying shit about you, right? Yeah. When Madeline says this, no one ever says like, oh yeah, she is saying shit about you. So what no. who did she say it to? Well, that's the thing is so then we cut to uh uh Dahlia. So Madeline doesn't say anything. 
So Madeline was the one that was wrong, but Dahlia has to go up to her and, and talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. And Do- and Madeline makes it seem like, yeah, let's let's air this out. Like it's it's Dahlia is the one who needs to prove herself. Mm-hmm. And so Madeline tells her what she heard, and Dahlia's like, look, that was totally taken out of context. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody about how we've come so far mm-hmm. since an issue and we rebuilt trust. And yeah. that was it. That's all I said. Yeah. And so then that should have been the end of the conversation. But yeah. I feel like you can kind of you got a glimpse after that of Madeline's uh, inner workings where she wasn't like she couldn't just take that. She had to then make it so that she flipped it and made Dahlia feel like the bad guy. Yes, yes, yes. It was weird. Yeah. Which Dahlia really recognizes weird. later. Dahlia yeah. says in the confessional, what, you know, once she calmed down and she thought about it, she realized what Madeline had done to her. Yeah. Had made yeah. her feel like she she was at fault, even though she was the victim. And that Dahlia... And I, I, I honestly believe that Dahlia didn't really say anything about it. The way she's acting... Now, by the way, do not trust my judgment. If you are new to this show, always remember, and I've made this point very clear, I am a sucker for a twink crying okay if a twink cries i automatically side with them okay and so dahlia's crying and i melt okay now i'm sure that says nothing about me psychologically i think it no no, it doesn't at all i think you're fine yeah thank you but yeah i'm a sucker so when when dahlia's crying i'm like oh my god make her stop crying please i'll hold you and i'm not even into dahlia i don't even find her attractive yeah i mean it was weird that I found Madeline Hedder more attractive, mm-hmm. but I still think she's, she's a Dahlia looks like, and I'm, I'm not trying to attack you here, right? But she does, you know like a cigarette filter after you smoke the cigarette? Uh-huh. Imagine if a used cigarette filter found a genie bottle and had one wish, and its wish was to become a real boy. And that's Dahlia. That's Dahlia Black. <laughs> uh, Madeline Hatter. Mm-hmm. Um looks like if a gay platypus uh-huh. uh had a wish and wished to be a real boy <laughs> and that was that's madeline hatter okay and i i apparently that's my thing i can't tell you how attractive i find madeline hatter really i, told, I don't get it and she was like she acted like okay my girlfriend like the first month we started dating mm-hmm. my girlfriend and i were driving down uh her street right mm-hmm. And we stop at this homeless Asian man yeah. who is getting out of his tent, mm-hmm. who looks like he is like literally on a three day heroin bender. He's yeah. got like a thin pencil mustache, right? Mm-hmm. He's crossing the street. My girlfriend grabs my thigh and goes, Oh my God, that guy's so hot. <laughs> I was like, What? Now, <laughs> imagine that. Then now hear me tell her that. You know, we've been dating a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I tell her that I find Madeline Hatter hot. She goes, what? I don't even know what to think anymore. <laughs> like, that is the craziest thing she's heard. I was like, you you pointed out homeless men that you yeah. found attractive. Yeah. So I was like, at least Madeline Hatter for sure has a job. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, uh, it understands how showers work. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I felt like. I was like so frustrated about that because she acted like it was like the worst thing I'd ever said. And I was like, oh, I feel like I've said worse. Um, 
no, I felt like Madeline Hatter was, she did not, it her. I felt like her true color showed in that moment. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I felt like a little uneasy about uh, her. I felt like she's more of a, she's more of a manipulator than I give her credit for. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, All right. and, and I feel like the same a little bit uh, uh, towards the end when she pulls the needles out of uh, hollow Eve's face. I felt like, even though I will say this, even though I feel like Hollow Eve is, I think it's a, a ten ninety. I think Hollow Eve is ninety percent in the wrong. I feel like the way she reacted and everything was wrong, but I felt like Hollow Eve just never mentioned it, never mentioned that she pulled the needles out, never even like once tried to say anything about it, and I kind of was disappointed in that. Madeline, I think I said Holly. Well, Madeline let, let, let's talk about what we get there first. Let's talk about the floor show when they actually showed the looks. Now let's buzz because we were we're really. I love how both everyone should know before that we were like Lori and I were both like we're so tired, and this is like the longest episode we've ever done. Yeah. So uh, the first one out is Priscilla uh, uh, Chambers. Okay. Let's take a look at her look. She has sort of like a rocker D. Snyder. Tip. It's actually kind of a typical look here. It's just like, you know, torn up leather with a bikini and the big butt and, you know, a big froey blonde wig and the makeup. Yeah. Any big thoughts I was, here? I was disappointed in that because I felt like uh, the best part of her outfit was the wig. Mm-hmm. But then she said, didn't she say that somebody helped her make that wig? Oh, somebody who wasn't on her team helped her style it. Yeah, so it wasn't I feel even like, like she or something like that, or I don't remember who it was. It wasn't even like she really had like a, you know, like a stylist. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I uh, thought that was kind of all right. Next I up, is, I, I just didn't. Oh, Madeline. Sorry, yeah. Madeline Hatter. Next she up is Madeline her. Hatter. Oh yeah, Madeline Hatter helped her. Thank you. Madeline Hatter uh, is up next. Um. So I like the look again. Very standard issue rocker. She does have a I, you have to see it in the photos like skulls on her shoulders, and that looks really cool. Um, but it's funny is that like it looks cool. I like the look, but I've seen. I feel we've seen this look episode one, episode two, it's episode three. I feel it's the same look we're seeing. I think it's because the wigs are so similar. Yeah, I think she has that wig, and I honestly feel like that's hurting her more than helping her. Yeah. But I, I think maybe as a drag performer, I think that helps. But as a as a, in a competition, mm-hmm. you know, doing the same thing, and also you have you have the same distinct red wig, mm-hmm. but then the the skulls, which are interesting, mm-hmm. are matte black that mm-hmm. match your matte black outfit that yeah. have no. So there's no. It's all tonal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But again, very hot. Very hot so, for you. I will say that. All right. Next, speaking of very hot, I will say I'm not into Dahlia Black, but in this outfit, man, she is smoking hot. Uh, loving Dahlia Black in yeah, this outfit. She She's, great. She looks like some sort of like temple demon, like temple, like Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom with a skull and a horned helmet. And the, I don't know what you call those big things on her shoulders. but she And then she has basically like a loincloth, essentially, and like furry wrist cuffs. Uh, yeah, I actually like the look. I think it looks very rocker, very also, but yet very Dragula still, very and yet somehow glamorous and beautiful. I I think it's a great look. She looks fantastic. I thought it was a great look, and also I I like honestly had to figure out who it was by process of elimination. Oh, really? For Dahlia I, Black? It, 
Yeah, I didn't know that that was Dahlia Black. I was like, oh, well, I haven't seen Dahlia Black, so that must be Dahlia Black. So now that I finally see her, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad I guessed correctly because uh, I actually like that. All right. So. Next up, I will say my boyfriend did tell me and I had other people tell me that Landon Sider looks so fucking hot. I feel like there's a Dave Navarro thing going here, but like the long hair with like a Fu Manchu beard and yeah. uh, a rocker sort of outfit with like the the very again very dave navarro if you just look at dave navarro i would think and then there's a point where he has a big wide spanish style hat with a guitar that he spins in uh, presumably on his dick like a furry guitar like really nailed the look i thought did great i honestly feel like land insider is showing that he is my he is a contender i feel like my front runners for the final three are Ava Destruction, Land Insider, and Dahlia Black. Well, I feel like Lori that would be... is saying it right here first. Um, uh, I forgot to tell you that one of the things I thought was so crazy was in mm-hmm. the when they were showing them all getting ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was crazy that uh, 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 Land Insider was like, "Oh, you know, I feel like it. It doesn't. It's the same amount of effort." for a drag king to get ready than as a drag queen yeah you know they they tuck their penises between their their Mm -hmm. butt cheeks and we put our nipples in our armpits and i was like i literally had to sit and think about that because that like made my nipples hurt like i was like i legit don't even know if i could do like it's just so crazy to me Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's real. Do you think that I do you know anything about drag kings? If no. anyone knows anything about drag kings, if you could let me know, is that how they tape their their boobs down? Is they put their they stretch their nipples and tuck them under their armpits? Well, always remember you can go to helloUglies.com and leave us a voicemail message to tell us. They can probably even True. send us a message on there too. It's maybe a written message. I'm not sure. We'll find out. But yeah, I I feel like maybe I said something negative or or i don't know if i critique land insider early on but i am such a huge stan mm-hmm. <laughs> for for land insider i feel like he is really proving that he is got like he's great and i honestly feel like this is what the comp this dragula competition is for mm-hmm. is for people like land insider because i don't think that this would play well with drag race but this is a phenomenal look for dragula because yeah it fits a challenge it's it's got it's a great outfit i love the guitar i loved mm-hmm. everything about it so yeah mm-hmm. i really liked it all right very good next we have maxi glamour in a blue face yeah and i a, don't know and a horn helmet what were your thoughts of maxi glamour's look look i i feel bad that everybody's going for her i really mm-hmm. do but i don't feel like she's doing herself any favors i feel like her and louisiana purchase i still just don't understand what the why why they're still safe you know yeah i i don't think her drag is bad but she doesn't seem to be at the same level as the other girls and she just has this look like she's just so uninterested like when she was on the runway i legit was like is she crying like is she upset about something yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i just i don't i don't get it so all right next we have eva destruction in a big giant poofy puffed out blue wig uh, almost like a David Lee Roth low cut um, tank top with a big uh, spiked red leather jacket. Uh, your thoughts here on Eva Destruction? I feel like Eva. The thing that I worry about Eva is I feel like her outfits are not necessarily as amazing as I thought they were going to be. Uh huh. 
but she performs very well. She's a mm-hmm. great performer. Mm-hmm. And as we saw like last episode, if she's not on point with her performing, she doesn't necessarily do the best. Mm-hmm. So I, what I worry about is that she's going to get to a point where she might not be the best performer. And then yeah. that could land her in the bottom. So, but I think she's extremely talented and my, 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 she's my favorite. I think, I think maybe Landon Sider's edging her out a, a tad, mm-hmm. but for right now, I feel like she's the one to win the whole thing. Wow. All right. Next we have Yavska, uh, very detailed makeup, uh, not doing masks all the time. Um, I kind of like the makeup. It looks cool. Their big critique was that it wasn't really rock and roll. I, you know, the same thing happened with Abhora last year too, where I thought Abhora's outfit was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was so punk rock and so cool and so we almost like you would see in a Marilyn Manson freak show type of concert. And I kind of feel the same way about Yavska's outfit. Is it the greatest? No. There is a sloppiness to it that I can't place because it is. It has a lot going on. She has like a big, almost like a court jester star gold uh, helmet, not helmet, but like a, a hat on. There's a big frill around her head, and then like um, lace something i don't know fashion leave me alone right and then a one piece um so but it does look sloppy for some reason but yet i wouldn't i would still say it's rock and roll rock and roll can be sloppy and gross and grungy too yeah i also i forgot to point out did you notice that landon sider said that she made her hat with eva foam oh yeah i saw it but she said eva foam yeah well she said I think it was. I think it was Land uh, Eva Destruction's company. After all, I think you were right. Is it really? No, I'm oh, kidding. Oh, okay. Ah, like- <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, Zinger. Yeah, burnt. Uh, uh, no, I I agree. I think. Well, see, that's the thing is, I feel like even in this episode when they were like, "We're not judging your drag. We're just judging your drag based off the based off the parameters of the." Uh, the challenge it's like well i feel like rock quote unquote rock and roll is subjective it's mm-hmm. like art you know you ha- like i could see somebody in a rock and roll band mm-hmm. wearing this yeah so i i don't see how that it- now to be honest with you if you put this up against maxi glamour or um or uh maxi glamour priscilla chambers or even louisiana purchase who i feel like should have gone home mm-hmm I feel like she did a thousand times better than them. Mm-hmm. So I was upset. I, I felt like eventually Yasuka should have gone home, but I, I, I don't think she should have gone home today. Yeah. All right. We're going to skip ahead. The pictures are not in order after this, Lori. So why don't you, until you see the name Louisiana Purchase, let's talk about Louisiana Purchase. Talk about her look. Ugh. No. She got a lot of praise for her look from the Boulay brothers. I don't like it. No. I felt like it was so sloppy and she relied again on her weird, like, Oh, I'm just going to like show my butt and do like a sexy dance on stage. It's like, who wants to see that? I don't know. I just, I don't get her appeal, but, but you know, uh, peaches Christ who's a legend kind of said that she's like, like she's doing like this intentionally ugly and intentionally sloppy thing, which if she's Eh. doing it, it, I can she's succeeding, but I don't know if it necessarily works for me. I feel like people say that when somebody's sort of mediocre, uh-huh. they say like, oh, they're intentionally doing something sloppy. So then that way they can give them more gravitas than they mm-hmm. actually have. Yeah. It's like, no, they're just mediocre. Yeah. 
And then finally, we have Hollow Eve. What did you think of Hollow Eve's look, Lori? I liked it. I was mm-hmm. actually shocked that the Belay Brothers said that they preferred her uh, rock band, her group look, than this look. I thought this look was great. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was very. I I liked the way it looked. I liked how she walked. Yeah. I thought it. I liked it a lot. I actually preferred this than the her rock look because I felt like her rock look was just kind of like pasties and you know uh needles <laughs> mm-hmm. so which which she's kind of done before yeah all right very good well that's our take on the looks you know fashion fashionistas we are not uh all right no. here we go for the, for, for the performance during the performance by coven madeline hatter takes the pins out of hollow eve too soon and hollow gets really upset breaks character and storms off the stage she tantrums backstage and insists that she will put the dirty needles back in her face let's talk about the performance aspect of this competition Lori. first of all you and i i, I was talking about as we can talk about it even more now that the way that this performance was cut it's even hard for me to even give a judgment about which team i like better because i had so much trouble deciding which team was which apart from yeah. the, lip se- the lead singers uh honestly i can judge i can judge the i can talk about the beginning part yeah, where both teams enter and then coven does their oh yeah they do their little blood uh, ritual. ritual thing which just didn't even make sense because mm-hmm. it was like i i did you see any blood i didn't see no, any blood no and it's one of those things to me where i feel like that's when like fake blood comes in handy mm-hmm. because real blood like it depending on where you nick your your where you like poke yourself mm-hmm. you might not get like you might not gush blood mm-hmm. and you need to gush blood in order to make that an actual thing mm-hmm. you and, know and i think swan made a really good point when she said like it didn't seem like anyone knew what they were supposed to do yeah they were like i guess i go next like i think it, they well just... they didn't they didn't like they all it just i literally honestly believe mm-hmm. that what we saw was their rehearsal time. Yes. No, I think you're right. That was the point I was going to make. Yeah. It just seemed that they were like, oh, we just have the raddest idea. And just the fact that there's a rad idea. Like, I, I felt like with Slag, I felt like, oh, okay, they obviously had more rehearsals. They did more stuff. With Coven, I felt like what we saw was their rehearsal. I'm not going to lie. It's very much the way we put these sketches together before the episode. <laughs> yes. But we don't have. I agree. The, the, there's nothing at stake for us, you know. No, you're not pulling pins out of my. You're yeah. not pulling pins out of my. But team. like everyone should know, because now everyone, this is weird. This is going to be weird. If you heard the opening sketch, we're recording that after this episode. So as of right now, I don't know what's going to happen with the opening sketch, but I can tell you, Lori and I had a conversation where we were just like, um, okay, well, why don't we be? We'll be, the, you know, the couple that arrived. This was Lori's idea. Uh, you know the couple that arrive at the party. Why don't we do like uh uh oh we're at home before the party with our kid and we're fighting about whether we should go to the party or not. That's as of now, as of the recording, that's all we have. Yeah. And this is what Coven went out there with for, for their competition. But they even like so like I had this. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I was on a sketch group at this place called the. Peck okay, Theater. humble brag. You were in a sketch group. We get it. I was in multiple sketch groups. Oh, uh, so I was on a sketch group with this uh, place called uh, at this place called the Pack Theater, mm-hmm. and the Pack Theater is great in a lot of ways. There is there are issues with in that I see. Um, one of them is that I feel like 
they have this thing which I've talked about called tarp comedy, which is you have to have a tarp on stage in order mm-hmm. to, you know, do the show. Mm-hmm. And so they do a lot of messy stuff, and I feel like it gets kind of crazy. But they go for it; they try everything. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they always instilled in us is like, hey, if you're going to do something, you got to do it a hundred percent. If you're going to do an Irish accent, you got to go balsa wall and do an Irish accent. You can't like break character. What about an or, Australian know. accent, Laurie? Yeah, I matey. Hey. Give me, 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 give Hey, you, you, you like the Vegemite, Larry? Let me have that Vegemite, Vegemite, you get a piece of toast, and you spit a real thin layer of Vegemite right there on the toast, and you eat it right there. <laughs> so, anyway, so, what I'm saying is, so we used to have this guy on the show, on, on our, our, our team, who, like, every single time we would do a sketch, his big thing was, like, what happens if I come out and I have a butt plug on? I have a butt plug in my butt, yeah. and I just pull the butt plug out. And we'd be like, why? It's yeah. a scene where it's a scene at a restaurant. <laughs> what wouldn't you need a butt plug for? Yeah. So one time I wrote a sketch where it was just like people, there's like a fire in the neighborhood and people are coming out and they're in like more and more crazy outfits. So mm-hmm. that actually worked where he could have a butt plug. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the problem was that the butt plug got stuck. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he couldn't, he couldn't remove it. Mm-hmm. So he just did the whole show with the butt plug. <laughs> And and I was like, that's, that how often, that's how I often feel when I record a podcast with you. Hey, yeah. oh, after the performance, Slag was named the winning group and were found safe. As the leader of the team, Eva Destruction was named the winner of the challenge. Coven was the losing team, but Landon Cider and Louisiana Purchase were praised for their performances. For that reason, they were declared safe and allowed to leave the stage. That left Madeline Hatter, Yavska, and Hollow Eve up for extermination. For the extermination challenge, the queen had to get a tattoo of one of the other contestants choosing. They all went into the challenge with a lot of love and laughs, knowing that this would be the end of the road for one of them. Uh, later that night, Yavska is winding, winding down in her dressing room when she, she is suddenly strangled from behind with a guitar strap. A hand breaks off a guitar fret, I'm sorry, a guitar neck, and stabs Yavska in the head with that guitar neck, killing her, leaving her for dead in the dressing room. Lori, any final thoughts on the episode? Well, I didn't really get to finish my thought before. Oh, I'll go ahead. But my main thought, I, I think maybe I got to the point. I just want to reiterate that if if you didn't get it, that I feel like Madeline Hatter messed up. Madeline Hatter pulled out those pins too yeah. early, oh, we, right? We didn't talk about that. All right. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about that too right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about all that. Yeah. Okay. So Madeline Hatter pulled out those pins too early. Now, I could say that, you know, <laughs> Halloween dipped her head back and allowed her if i had pins in my mouth and somebody was touching my face i'd be like no (laughs) get away from me i'm watching in my face but you know she 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 but then so it was like a weird slow motion where she pulls the pins out Mm -hmm. and then she gets upset by that yeah um so i thought it was part of the act Mm -hmm. uh to be honest with you and then it was only later that i realized that it wasn't so matt so madeline hatter did that too early right well 
Hollow Eve should not have broken character. She should have just rolled with it. Yeah. But th- so a so she so she breaks character. Then on top of that, she goes, "Well, now I just have to put dirty pins back in my mouth." <laughs> and she does that for what reason? Yeah. Why? 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 What? What was the po- what was the point of that? Like it would have been okay if maybe they pulled them out again, but they don't do anything with the needles yeah. after that. So she put dirty needles back in her face. And oh, it was so weird. So then, uh, and then the song goes on for like another two minutes. Yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah. it should have been over. It should have been over by then. So, um, but I will say that Hollow Eve in mm-hmm. the elimination part, Hollow Eve did, did step up and say, hey, look, yes. it was my fault. Yes. And I actually, she, she gave this really beautiful speech to Yavska too, when she was, you know, when they were at risk for being eliminated. About, I don't remember what it is about, but like, you know, that this is a competition, but art is not a competition. Yeah, you know? I no, liked it. It was a really, I, really good speech. Yeah, I feel like honestly, I feel like she, she, you know, she's she she is a roller coaster of emotion. She is. She she, is a she makes me want to like punch myself in the face. Yeah. But then also, she, I, she makes me want to go. Aw. Yes. Like. I, the, yeah. I do agree with her sometimes. Yeah, I'm very conflicted with her because there are times, like I told you, where I'm like, get her, Jade. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bitch? What are you, what's going on here, non-binary yeah. bitch? You know, whatever the non-binary version of that is. for Which? So, yeah, uh, person-itch. So anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. I think you nailed it on the head. I think <laughs> it's I get it. Did I nail it? Yes. Um, the point is, though, is... Uh, like yeah like when she like stormed the scene like wh- why just storm- who who would know that he did it too early like just roll with it like yeah what, what that's what kind of she, she claims to be a professional i feel a professional would roll with it like why would then you storm why would you think in that moment this is a good idea i should storm off the stage in this competition that's going to do me some favors i know? think honestly i don't think she was thinking i think it was one of those things where she was moving before she had time to process and then once she was able to process it she realized what the what mistakes she made mm-hmm. but i mean she seems like the kind of person that i don't think she does a lot of group activities you <laughs> yeah, know I think you're I, right i think you're right i think she's very solo so the fact that she has to rely on somebody else to do that but then again also i mean thank god at least then her pulling out the needles was a great effect and we got to see the blood pouring oh wait no we didn't no. because it looked dumb and there was yeah. no reason for it yeah and, and but then i but then this is where you're like okay what a big dummy right and then she owns up to it yeah and and on top of that, I felt like it made Madeline Hatter look worse because yeah. Madeline Hatter said nothing. No, Madeline she didn't Hatter say like, say "Oh, point, I'm sorry, I pulled the needles out uh, early." Yeah. Or but she does anything. at one point say, "I own up to the fact that I messed up." But that was in the confessional. Oh, that was wasn't it? to anybody like on stage or anything. Oh. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. I felt like honestly, I felt like. Uh, from the from the beginning, I don't feel like they were uh, that that Coven was on. I think if they had done a, a better opening, I felt like maybe if they used fake blood or something, mm-hmm. I felt like it would have been better. Yeah, but both both teams were using blood, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was that crazy of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought Yasuka actually did good with like performing and stuff, so I was kind of upset to see her go. I was also I thought the death was kind of lame, but All I did the love the extermination. The challenge, uh, the or tattoo the... one. Oh, you did. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun one, and they seem to be going it with good spirits. But once again, it's one of these things where like 
I mean, look, I hate to say it, and I guess they're making the right decision for television, but Halloween should have gone home. Yeah. If we're being I fair. I felt like, yeah. If we're being fair, they all made it through the tattoo challenge with flying even, colors. Even in the tattoo challenge, because granted, Halloween picked the most painful spot to get tattooed, which mm-hmm. is the armpit. Yeah. But she also bitched the most yeah so it's like madeline hat madeline hatter was the was the other one right i mm-hmm. forgot so madeline hatter yaska and hollow eve were the ones and madeline yaska who was the one i thought was going to be the most complained it just kind of like went through it was totally yeah. fine mm-hmm. you know and i thought yaska or i thought uh madeline hatter was fine mm-hmm. hollow eve was the one who was like twitching oh god i felt so bad for that tattoo artist could mm-hmm. you imagine the smells Ugh. That Halloween was, no. I guarantee you, she hasn't, she didn't shower that week. No, no, yeah, she, yeah, it was, it was awful. But you know, so, but um, yeah, I don't feel Yasuka should have gone home. Uh, it probably, if, if you're being fair in terms of the competition, Hollow Eve, but Hollow Eve is better television. Madeline Hatter is better television, so you have to keep them. Yeah, and also it's one of those things where you have to go based off of. This is the thing. This is I feel like the the trap that every re, every reality competition show gets in, which is, do you go based off the day or mm-hmm. do you go based off the uh, accumulation? Mm-hmm. Do you go based off like if, if the one person does really bad that day, or mm-hmm. do you go based off how they've done throughout the entire competition? Yeah. So, um, I, as far as the extermination goes, I think the reason they're not as good as they have been in years past is in years past they would pre-film them before the season. They're yeah. clearly doing a thing now where I, this is my theory. I don't have it confirmed. I think once you're placed in the bottom, uh, they film that they have already a setup. They have a set, and every oh, single person in the bottom films their extermination scene. Does that make okay. sense? And yeah. then, and then they do this. Then, then they'll go through the extermination, and then whoever they choose, they, they, that's the one they show. Um, because and so, I think that makes it so that they have to do much easier and simpler because they were kind of involved before, but now they all yeah. trying to be filmed at the place where they're, yeah. they're at. I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of dumb. It feels like what the openings were, which is just like half an idea, and then they just kind of you know throw throw some stuff at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, it was like one of those things where it wasn't until they fully panned back mm-hmm. and you see, uh, you see, and then you see the puddle that I was like, oh, Yaska's dripping blood. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know that until yeah. they fully panned back. Yeah. So I, and also it was like one of those things where you could tell Yaska was like kind of helping them. Yeah. Like she was like pushing against the door and like, you know, it was just one of those, things. it was like they had to wait well, also just the, an the- awfully long time to get to the thing. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any other final thoughts on this episode, Lori Roggenkamp? There's no way that a guitar neck like that would pierce somebody's skull in that way. Skull, I'm yeah, just gonna yeah, also yeah. point that and out. And also in that in that death scene, like there were a lot of ways for him to leave. Like he could have run, like yeah, he th- could have run through their legs. Yeah, he's a small little thing. Yeah, it, it was, he could have done one. And also, why do they? It's the third season, and they always intimate that they're the killers in the opening scene. So why are we still showing like a a you know a, a bodiless hand arm yeah. doing the killings why can't we see the the queens because the boulet brothers are clearly not there to do it uh part two is um <laughs> to film the thing not they're they're the murderers quote unquote but i don't think they're actually there to film the the death scene the other thing too is um if okay let's go to the reality thing the boulet brothers are murdering the contestants right yeah and they've clearly seen previous seasons so they know these people are being murdered Two, three, 
Is that worth it for $25,000 and uh, uh, Dirt Squirrel fans, you know? And then um, th- three, they're like, oh, I wonder who went home. Oh, really? You didn't see the news when they said a drag queen was found murdered uh, in, a, in a steak costume? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I thought of a good drag name for her. What? Mistake. Oh. <laughs> I, thank you. Uh, I I also thought it was funny that Landon Sider said in the beginning of the episode that she won like, what was it like a ridiculous amount of dirt squirrel underwear? Which yeah. she was like, which won't work for me, but will work for Landon Sider. It's like, will it work for Landon Sider? No, <laughs> will I, it? I don't think it will at all. <laughs> uh, I I will say though that this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, it, it was a really good episode. It seemed like we may have bitched about it, but we actually we really 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 liked it. We're we're bitch we're bitches. We're just horrible people. Well, I think we just. We just nitpick, and you know, I, I legit feel like this episode to me made me a little more hopeful in the future. There were certain things that I saw that needed wow. to be fixed, but I was like, okay, I see that they're trying, they're moving forward, and it's getting a little bit better. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of uh, Hello Uglies. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect and deconstruct each brand new episode of Dragula Season 3. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself... Crap Panda! Lori Roggenkamp hosts her own podcast, and they're all a part of the Bloody Podcast Network. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Joe Batanz is one of the hosts of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. You can find that show on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media podcast.